0: So here's the deal. A few weeks ago, I ordered a unicorn Christmas sweater. Yes, you did. I was, I was here. I watched I you know. do it. We we were we were we were We were doing it for your entertainment. Actually, was that the Christmas episode that we never posted? I don't remember. It doesn't really matter. That'll come out to you guys later on. We'll see how it goes. But didn't hit me until today that i have yet to receive that sweater it's been like a month and a half since i ordered it well but you ordered it from what's poshmark yeah which is like here's what happened i accidentally used the card that's so i didn't use the card but i accidentally put my florida address on shipping information. <laughs> so someone in Florida got a really nice unicorn sweater. It was my PO box and it no longer has mail forwarding and it went back to the sender. <laughs> Whoops. So I figured out how to send them a communication and I said, I didn't see a refund, but you got this sweater back and can I just give you my address and you send it to me again or what's going on? So mm-hmm. we'll see. We will update you as it goes. But I understand that everybody out there has been on pins and needles for two weeks almost trying to figure out where your head is at after our last episode ended.
1: As well they should be. I am a master of delayed gratification.
0: (laughs) Um, So That being the case, do you have an answer? And as a reminder, the question was, if you could go to any Disney restaurant in this moment other than Raglan Road, because we all know that is your answer, which one would it be? He still doesn't know. See, I gave him a whole week to figure this out and he still hasn't figured it well, out Well, so here's,
1: here's the thing is I had it narrowed down to two and I was convinced that at some point today I would like have a moment of clarity and just know in my heart um, so I'm going to get I'm going to get real rich with you here and I'm going to get kind of uh, ooh, do it kind of off color and I'm going to say Casey's Corner ooh
0: that's a good choice okay yeah. so what are you going to order there
1: Okay, so for those of you who don't know Casey's Corner is a baseball themed restaurant on the corner of Main Street USA in the Magic Kingdom. I love it because it's it's like sort of 1920s themed. I think 19 like maybe the 40s, late 30s, early 40s. Um there's a piano player out front who's always like jamming along. Um lots of brass and and like electric lighting. It just feels, I don't know. It feels special. Um, there's also a piano I,
0: that sits outside where somebody plays. That's what I said. The piano. Outside. Oh, did you? Yeah. I was watching a movie. I wasn't paying attention. How dare you? Yeah. Yeah. So that shows you how committed he is. Everybody just, yeah, you know, I only edit everything and make everything make work and pay for all the bills. on and the po- You know, we'll see. Publish it. it. <laughs> so that's fine.
1: Um, what do I get at Casey's corner? I get corn dog nuggets. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. And, and their fries are just big, fat, thick-cut, greasy. They're not steak fries, but they're the thick-cut. You can still see the edges of the peel at the edge of the fry. Yeah. And some of them are crispy, and some of them are, like, greasy and, like, yeah. goopy. And the corn dog nuggets are delicious, and they're about, um, like, an inch and a half long. So they've got some good size to them, plenty of um, batter, I'm a huge fan of corn dogs. I think they're delicious. But the the stick always makes me feel weird just because I don't feel like there's any um, socially acceptable way to eat it. And that's me hating on corn dogs and popsicles and bananas and pretty much any other phallic thing out there. I still have a lot around that, especially with a stick in it. Like it, it's already made to be eaten. Like you, you look at a corn dog and it's like it's, it's already to got the batter.
0: Them. You need the stick.
1: Well, you need you need the stick. No, no, the stick it's is too a hot pra- to touch. The stick is a matter of practicality. How else are you supposed to dip the dog in the batter and then in the fryer and pull it back out again? Without- you just do it with your whole hand.
0: If you're going to hold the hot dog without the stick, you might as well just stick your whole hand in that fryer. <laughs> you know, that's how you do it. And then think about it this way: if you put your whole hand around the hot dog with the batter and you stick it in the fryer, it's going to form around those fingers, so it's going to give you like a natural. Hand like formation on the corn dog, it's perfect mm-hmm. for people. You're solving two issues with one stone here. That's very true. That's you may very get you gloved, but you know, that's, that's another problem.
1: <laughs> yeah, this is a separate issue. We're not talking about safety in the cooking world right now. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But the corn dog nuggets resolve that issue for me. Um, and it's great because I am a sauceaholic. I love sauce. Me too. I love ketchup. I love mustard. I love. You know, just give me sauce. I love it. If you, if you give me sauce, I'm going to ask for twice as much and need more after that because I love to dip things in sauce.
0: Yeah. Me too. Um,
1: and corn dog nuggets and fries are great for that too. I, so um, it's a good finger food. You can take it out and just like people watch and like munch. And it's, it's like you can, it's an experience, you know, it's not yeah. just, it's not just a meal where you're scarfing on the go, trying to race to the next ride. You, you sit and you enjoy it and you relax there on main street and you watch all the people who are out doing it wrong hurrying around and and being stressed and not enjoying their time.
0: You know, if they're not enjoying the time, maybe they're doing it wrong, but you don't know that, you know, they could be out. I remember there was a time where I tried to do every single ride in the theme park. That's true. It can
1: be, it can be a a, a fun. Yeah. But I've, I've just never been a fan of like the, the type of vacation where you, you've got everything planned out. Oh no, no,
0: I'm not either. I am much, I am very much so a, let's do some ancillary research, Figure out a couple places that we definitely want to hit and just kind of figure it out from there. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I like that a lot. Well, I'm glad you gave your answer because people were on their pins and needles waiting for that answer. I know I got so many emails about it. (laughs) Blowing up your phone. Blowing up the phone, text messages galore yeah. And that leads us into Everything else that's great about tonight Because this is Infinite Pulp, and my name is Aaron And that person over there His name is... Max! I am it's Max. Max. Yep. Still Max Still Max. That's what Uh... That's what we're going to go with. I'm excited to uh, see what happens next, if you're still Max next week or the week after. And <laughs> it's, a, it's a wild world out here, man. You never know. It's, At it's, least it's important better, not to tie yourself down. For your podcasting abilities right now, it's better than being a kinetic Max. I'd rather Ooh. you be a still Max than a kinetic Max. That's very true. So, very, very, very good. The person on my TV right now is about to stomp on somebody's foots and expose people, which is another clue... Because this is what we're playing today. What is Aaron watching? The score right now is three to zero. Aaron is in the lead. It's embarrassing. Yeah, I, it is I embarrassing. need to.
1: We've been talking about this a lot. We were talking about it, I think, before we actually kicked off tonight. And Aaron is graciously trying to lower the bar. He he he's worried that it won't be engaging if I keep losing. Um, Which I understand, like from an audience perspective, from from a friend perspective, like y'all don't want to sit here and listen to me just like be an idiot every week. Or do you? Maybe that's the appeal. Yeah. Um, But I think I need to step my game up instead of expecting him to lower the bar. And I want to try that for one or two more times before we start to lower the bar, because I'm. I'm um, I'm confident that I can get better at it. The problem okay. is just that it's like I do it once a week, right? And so it's a brain game
0: that I don't – it's a muscle I don't exercise Ooh. very often. So maybe – you know what we could do if you were more responsive in your text messages? It's like I could just text you, randomly like, what am I watching? Yeah. I, I'm sorry. But you're not. So, we had that, that talk. I'm just being present. I'm sorry. I know. I'm cool with that. You should probably drive and not text people. So I understand <laughs> that. I'm very happy that you remain safe. Thanks, but, man. I, I am going to give you one clue. Okay. And actually, I want to, I want you to ask two questions, and I'll give you a clue, because I think this clue is actually a pretty good clue that should lead you down a good path. Yeah, I You thought, already know it's a movie. I
1: thought I get... F- it's five questions, two clues, and, and two guesses, right?
0: Yes, that's what we're going with right now. Okay. When do you want... Actually, and let's put it this way. You can choose when you want your clues. Okay. Um, you know it's a movie. I know, you know it's, it's on Netflix
1: and, you know, I, know I also it. own it. I also know that someone stomps on someone's foot to expose somebody. Yes, they do. Okay. I'm going to start very general. Is it live action or cartoon?
0: It is live action. All right. Give me a clue. Okay. The first clue is the more recent entries in the franchise you and I disagree on. Ooh. Ooh. Is it a superhero movie? Hmm, that is a really good question because it's the protagonist They are not considered superheroes, but they stem from the same kind of thing. And I see a smile on your face. And maybe I'm wrong, maybe you would consider it a superhero thing, but I don't think it's a superhero thing. Okay, it's no. very superhero adjacent.
1: Next question. I know exactly what it is. I just need to narrow down which number it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've already, I've only asked one question. So I've got and three two questions.
0: You live action and superhero. Yeah, good, good, good. Next Excellent. three questions so left got three in one three questions clue. and two guesses. That's, yeah. I, I got this. Yeah. Um, you could actually just guess probably your last three. Oh, you would get it, two questions. Yeah. Is it?
1: Is it the first one? No. Is it the second one? Yeah. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret of the Ooze. Yeah.
0: Yes. Yes. That's
1: it. Oh, I'm excited. The comeback, ladies and gentlemen.
0: The comeback.
1: One. Everybody loves an underdog. Stick with me here. I promise I won't lead you wrong. I know things, <laughs> just not always on the spot.
0: All right. This...
1: He's so excited he walked away.
0: No, I got my phone because I'm going to take a picture and post it on Instagram right now. Of what? Of um, I'm keeping track of your score. Oh, excellent. Very good. So it's going to be a live post on the podcast. So (laughs) excellent. I'll I'll post it again when you guys are all listening to this. So every single person is going to get an individual live posting of this picture. You need to know. Everybody needs to know. Can they go into my feed. That's not a very good picture. But you know what? That's what Instagram is for. It's not very good pictures. And there you go. The journey begins. Share. Sweet. Well, this, um. There was a time where my friends and I did a, a little fun thing where we would pick a topic or a uh, style of movie. 90s comedy, superhero, fun action film. And then we, we would all three have our, bring our different choices, and then we would mm-hmm. all watch them together. Uh, that sounds like, phenomenal. It was amazing. The first time we did 90s comedy, we watched Problem Child, <laughs> Space Jam, <laughs> And the Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> oh my gosh! It was what an experience, a joy <laughs> to do that. And then uh. our next was—I forget what our next theme was. I think fantasy is what it was. Um, some sort of fantasy thing. So we ended up watching this movie, The Secret of the Ooze, and. Um, I can't remember what the other ones were because I really didn't pay attention because I like this movie so much. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy to get distracted when I'm. There's just this movie is so good. I don't understand why people think it's. Like, it's definitely the worst of the two good ones. Like if you think about the actuality, like and like the movie of it, that that makes sense. Like it's not as good of a movie as the first one. The first one is really good. Yeah. The second one though is just it just hits me in that kind of like family fun. Yeah. Like ninja, I mean, I was like what four when this came out, if not younger than that, three. So like I like has been watching this for the last twenty five years, and we had this on VHS, and I, I watched this so much. I, I love this movie. It just hits me in that same kind of like opening like the first two harry potter movies i think it's similar to that except for it's funnier yeah it just says something whimsical about it yeah absolutely just something really fun and i know a lot of people don't like it because it's not as dark as the first one but uh i think it's pretty great is that genuinely a reason people give for not liking it as much
1: yeah there's actually
0: there's actually a
1: uh, gosh it's a (laughs) it's a live action movie about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you'd want it darker.
0: Yeah, I know. Uh, Edge Lords. Yeah, it's just one of those things, man. Like, there's actually a, a podcast um, called "This Is How" or "How Did This Get Made." Mm-hmm. I think that's what it is. Paul Scheer and um, Jason. Oh, what's his name? Oh, he's in the League and Big Mouth and. Lots of other things. And I know you'd recognize his voice. And then somebody else does it. Paul Shears really do I remember. Anyways, they did an episode on this movie. And so I listened to it, and they were all trashing it. And I was just, and I was like, no, what are you talking about? All the things you don't like about it or why it's so great. That's correct. You know? Yeah. yeah.
1: Get it together.
0: And the and the animatronics and the costumes are so good. They're fun. And, th- 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 I mean, th- this is
1: the... This is the source of the traditional pre fight donut. Like, how traditional pre fight
0: donut? How do you not appreciate the traditional pre fight donut? Also, ninja pizza. Ninja P- <laughs> pizza that vanished very quickly without trace. <laughs> and then, also, one of my favorite sayings whenever somebody asks me if uh, we should get some napkins, I'm like, what for? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, Gosh. And this is this is the arrival of Kino, which is awesome because he's also in the suit playing, I believe, Donatello. Correct. So, yeah. And that's uh, oh, Ernie Reyes, Jr.
0: Yeah. He's also a- starred in Surf Ninjas. Yes. Which was amazing. Was He's a martial arts like. Wait, was Surf Ninjas the one where they sang the Beach Boys songs as a group together as well? I don't remember. I think it is. Uh, we was we the need to find with, this out. It's the one with Tone Loke in it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hold and,
1: on. And uh, Leslie Nielsen plays the evil Colonel Zat. Oh, dude. I think... I it think... may have been Beastie. It may have been the... Uh, uh, what was it? The uh, Something Boys. The Summer Boys. Beach Boys. I don't like the Beach Boys, so I don't know any of their music. So if someone sang me a Beach Boys song, aside from Everybody Was Surfing, I wouldn't... Or Surfing USA, yeah. I guess is probably the formal
0: title. The Surfing I the Surf Ninjas sing "Barbaran," that one. Is yeah. that a, is that Beach Boys? It's Beach Boys, but the Surf Ninjas like do a... Like, they like sing it as well, a group. The, oh, it's so the great.
1: monks sing it, right? Oh yeah, no yeah, the the like the, 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 the Barbarama That's yes. what they do. They they yeah they serenade the Barbarama megrab by doing that. Y- yes, yeah, you're yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: Yep. yeah. yeah. It's awesome. We got Toka and Rezar in this one too.
1: Yeah, those are some wicked character designs. I always thought they were really solid.
0: I thought like, they were
1: really good. Variations on the theme without feeling too silly.
0: Yeah. And I and I really like the fact that they added like some like they're vicious and terrible, but they're kind of stupid. <laughs> yeah. And it's not <laughs> their fault because they've only been alive for like two days. I know. Right? <laughs> they're babies. Mama Oh it's so good I'm watching that part right Though my favorite joke In all of the movie There's I have two jokes One of them is incredibly mean And it's a very very mean thing I just thought it was I think it's funny and the second one, though, is one I'll share with you. It is um, Mikey and, and Raph are sitting on the couch trying to listen to April O'Neil's uh, reporting on TGRI. Yep. Yep. And Mikey is eating a Butterfingers bar. <laughs> so loud. <laughs> so loud. And Raph just like, could you chew a little louder? I'm st- I can still hear out of this ear. And Mikey just kind of <laughs> looks at him for a couple of seconds and just leans over and just crunches the loudest crunch in his ear hot oh, so good i love i love
1: yeah they do a good job of, of really establishing letting the moments the brotherly moments happen between the brothers and I, that's something yes. i love like the moment where leo and raf start getting sideways with each other and mikey and don look at each other and go fight 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 kitchen kitchen and they just get up <laughs> and go eat food
0: yeah <laughs> i right. love that pork rind, <laughs> And then like also the very beginning when they intro that together, it's amazing when they jump up on the stairs and all the ooze comes down from the logo. Mm-hmm. But when they intro, like they always have these funny little like quips that, the, that they're always trying to like do for each other. This one word thing and they're all like everybody but Donnie is doing all these like 90s like dude slang, you know, mm-hmm. like wicked, tubular, like all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And Donnie's just like eclectic. <laughs> and Mikey looks over and eclectic (laughs) and then Mikey gets attacked by the guys and like falls down and Donnie's like oop oops like and he does that earlier too in uh, later in the movie (laughs) he forget what he says Um, it's great I love it Uh, Um, it's it's so good bossa nova Oh yeah, yeah. Chevy oh, Nova. Know? Chevy Nova. <laughs> <laughs> or when when the when Token tries to jump down the the manhole and gets stuck, and they tickle his yep, feet. Yeah, And then Splinter finally has a good a good uh, joke at the very end.
1: Absolutely, I, oh, I, I appreciate it because like it is a little bit more lighthearted, but I think that's. After the darkness of the first one, it feels kind of like the only way you can go. Yeah. Because, because as an audience, we've earned that. You know what I mean? Like, it's okay It's okay for things to be dark, and it's okay for them to get darker. But it's nice to have those reprieves in between where you yeah. can, like, breathe a little bit.
0: I wish they would have went darker for the third one instead of, like, Alternate. magical. Yeah, I agree. Which is, which is, I mean, is a thing in the comic book, so it's not like alternate universes and magical yeah. things don't exist in this world mm-hmm. it's just that it's kind of like out of place in the universe they've set up right and that's kind of the thing that bothers me though the third one does have some really funny moments with the japanese uh um characters coming to america and like casey jones is trying to teach them about like the american culture mm-hmm. I, I like those a lot. So there's some really good moments there. I haven't
1: watched it in a long time. I am. I am willing to bet many of that. Many of those jokes have not aged well.
0: No, no, they have not. Some of them are very good. Some of them have not aged well. Yeah. I just watched it like a month ago, actually a month and a half really? ago. Um, yeah. I was hanging out with my roommate, and I was just like, do you want to watch something stupid? I think she was playing the Sims and I was uh-huh. just like, yeah. And she was like, yeah. I'm like, okay, do you want to watch two or three? three is real bad. (laughs) And (laughs) I'm like, let's watch three. And I didn't remember it's real bad. Like it it, it is. I have Mm -hmm. not had an experience where I've like been watching a movie. Like I used to like this. I don't know if I can anymore. I don't know if this is worth continuing. There are lots of funny parts in this, but I don't know if it's worth it anymore. So Mm -hmm. we, we shall see. Speaking of my roommate, I did want to ask you a question. Um, I bought her The Sims 4 for Christmas and an expansion pack or something. Mm -hmm. How many hours? She's had it for about a month and a half. How many hours do you think she's sunk into it already? I would guess 100. Almost. 114. I just looked today. Good for her. Yeah. She's crushing it. She was texting me today and she was like, I just want to go home and play The Sims right now. Was like, <laughs> it was really funny that she's been playing The Sims and I was because she doesn't really play any other games besides The Sims and I play a lot of other games. So I sent her a text message yesterday and I was just like, because she was talking about playing The Sims because she was off. And I was like, mm-hmm. isn't it funny that like you probably think I'm a much bigger gamer than you are right now, but in the last two days you've played probably... 16 to 20 hours of The Sims, and I haven't touched a video game in a week and a half. <laughs>
1: <laughs> She's winning.
0: <laughs> like, yeah, you are winning. Um, I have a hard time trying. I'm 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 still in the middle of Fall in Order, and I I I, I took a break, and it's got me to where I come back, and I it just I, I come back and I play, and it's really fun. But the um, that break kind of just. Made it harder for me. So you I'll out get back to. Are you going to have to start over from the beginning? No, no. It's a pretty simple story up until this point. And I, it, it, luckily the combat as dark souls with force powers. So it's not like I have to get all that like acquainted with it. But, oh. You know, um, it was great. The last thing that I had, um, a minor spoilers. So it's, By the time this goes up, the game will have been out for a few months. So this minor spoilery stuff I don't think is that big of a deal. But skip ahead probably like a couple minutes if you don't want to get spoiled. It was a really cool part of the game. And this is just what I finished. So the next thing I have to do, like, I just wanted to finish this this thing. Anyways, um, I was exploring this planet and I was underground and I was just kind of running around looking for chests and just different parts that I could like collectibles and stuff and just fighting random enemies for fun and I take this elevator down to this underground section and the, there's this person in armor and it's suddenly, pff, I'm in a boss fight and I can't get out, like he's created a barrier around us. <laughs> and I was like oh, what am I going to do? And he shoots me and I get electrocuted and then he wraps this weird lasso thing around me and I can't move and I can't break out of it. And the next thing I know my screen goes dark and where it typically pops up and says respawn, because you've died Uh, which is clever because respawns the studio. Mm -hmm. It says reawaken and you awaken in the cell and you break out of it, find your buddy droid. And then you get, you like travel through this like section and you get to this giant arena and it is Thor Ragnarok, one-to-one like not super one-to-one but it's essentially like you don't know you're going into a giant arena to fight and be a gladiator and you get there and this guy's like finally he made it let's give him (laughs) his weapon and they give you your lightsaber and you're like why would you give me my lightsaber right now like do you not think i'm gonna get out of it now (laughs) like Mm -hmm. and then you have to fight like rounds of these creatures and you finally have to fight that bounty hunter that actually captured you And Mm -hmm. luckily, the rounds of creatures are really difficult. But after you get to the bounty hunter, it loads you back to that fight and you have to go through all the rounds again, which I kind of thought was cheap because typically you would have to go through all of that again. You know, yeah, Um, like most action oriented games like God of War, you know, they wouldn't be that that generous to you. Not at all. Never. Um, But I'm grateful of it because uh, I got to the bounty hunter with like zero health left zero lives and I got like like a quarter of the way through his health and I died I'm like okay I think I can do this now I kind of got the rhythm and they put me back with the bounty hunter I was like oh I now have full force power and full health and like everything I beat him in 30 seconds <laughs> I was just like you're gonna stop moving for a little bit I'm gonna attack you okay I'm gonna push you so you can't you know I just like destroyed him as soon as I got the force which is obviously what would happen if you had like a decent Jedi against that kind of bounty hunter that gave you the ability to force slow down people yep that's a funny joke, too. You know, if they were going to spoil a trap, I think it would be right about, boom, <laughs> lights go on. They get captured by the net. They realize Shredder is still alive. <laughs> and we're back in Teenage Mutant Ninja I'm Turtles. I'm sorry. That's I, a big I, This tidbit. movie has completely shaped the way I talk and some of the jokes that I make. Like, I've been watching this. Uh, uh, I was watching this with my friend that time we did that little fun game together. Mm. And I'm sitting here like, I say that a lot. I say that a lot. I make that joke a lot. Mm -hmm. I was just like, I've stolen a lot from this movie. You know, I'll do one more thing. We got Super Shredder. We got Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go from Vanilla Ice. Mm -hmm. And we get the joke of, oh, that's Raph. And Mikey's like, yeah, a little too (laughs) Raph. After they just said, it's quiet, a little too quiet. And they go into the Raph joke. Gosh, it's so good. And the pre fight donut. Anyways, it's a great movie.
1: I think I think it is not dark on purpose. And I I think it for what it wants to be,
0: for what it's trying to be, it succeeds very well. Right. It is not dark on purpose because it was purposely the opposite of the first movie because the people complained about it mm-hmm. for a kid's movie. Yep. And they like were forced to make a new one. Fun fact about the first movie. I don't know if it still is, but I think it still is. Um, it is the highest-grossing fully independent movie in history at that time. Are you kidding me? No, at that time, it was the highest-grossing fully independent movie in history. That is so cool. Um, highest-grossing independent film and I don't know if I'm going to get it. Um Okay, okay, seven, three, four, three, two, one. Yeah, I don't know about it anymore, but at that time it was. So we should, everybody should go out there. There is a um, a show called The Toys That Made Us, and the latest season has the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles toys. It's a very good episode because they go into the history of the comic books and how it was created, and the movies, and all of that. So the history of the IP, like the entire intellectual yes. property in the franchise. Yes, That's I think awesome. you would actually really like that episode. I know you're not a huge fan of the series because it yeah. focuses on the stuff you don't care about. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Definitely check it out. It's really good. There's also a film series called, or a, a short documentary series called, "The Films That Made Us," mm-hmm. Home Alone, Dirty Dancing. Ghostbusters, <laughs> and there's one more that Better I be- really like that I can't remember what it was. There's four of them. They're all very good. The Ghostbuster one's fascinating, and the Home Alone one is really fascinating too. Yeah, I'm sure um, it's really cool to get into like the history of John Hughes and Christopher Columbus and like those two guys because they kind of like built some of our childhood together, mm-hmm. you know. Um. All those people, Christopher Columbus, Kathleen Kennedy and John Hughes are like the reason that kids like all the good kids movies that happened in the late 80s and early 90s. Like sometimes one of those people were involved in it. (laughs) Yeah. Like Hook when they all like when Kathleen Kennedy produced and I think Christopher Columbus directed. And it was produced by Spielberg. (laughs) Hook is such a good movie. Yes, it is. Um, It is. Anyways. Anything interesting going on in your life before we start talking about theme parks again? Because welcome to part two of a series. I don't know if there's going to be a part three. Probably, maybe not, but we'll figure it out. Uh, Nothing major. The play has kicked off. I'm back in. I'm I'm
1: in a paid stage management position, which is extremely exciting. Um, I'm really grateful to have the opportunity to work with some really talented, really incredible people and a director who really knows what she's doing. And it's just so exciting. So I'm really looking forward to that show goes up February 21st and 22nd. So for the next sort of five weeks, I'm just knee deep in Shakespeare. It's going to be a lot of
0: fun. That's good, man. Um, Yeah. uh, Can you uh, tell the audience what the play is about?
1: Uh, Sure. So, the play is Coriolanus. It's one of Shakespeare's less popular plays um, because it tends to be pretty hard to do. The main character is not very likable, he's a soldier who is extremely divisive and ostracizing. And they try to give him the role uh, on the council. This is like right at the beginning of Rome when it's becoming like a democracy. Yeah. And so they're trying to like, give him, he returns from these wars successfully. They try to involve him in politics. He wants nothing to do with it. Um, He's too callous. He's too brash. Um, He's not, he's not interested in, in being political. Um, And then the, The senators worry that he will turn against them. So they brand him as a traitor for, for like being disrespectful and not like sticking up for the common people and basically kind of like manipulate the people into believing that he's against them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what you've got is that like, a lot of really relevant themes. You've got a very divisive political figure. You've got a lot of violence, a lot of people who are really passionate about what they believe on opposite sides of the fence. Um, there's a ton of fighting and there is a, a huge um, series of undertones that are um, also pretty timely and pretty scandalous. And they They don't always get addressed, you know, a lot of a lot of historians say, like, oh, no, Roman soldiers were just good friends. And Uh, that's not really true. So it's very it's very exciting. Um, And she's really subverted a lot of the tropes because she's cast all the prominent like male soldier characters as females. Awesome. Which is phenomenal. And they're all really talented. And I'm so much so excited about it. I'm really looking forward to it. Awesome. That's excellent.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm excited for that. When does me that, too. When uh, when's it go on?
1: February 21st and 22nd. Two nights, Sweet. one weekend only. Get your tickets now. Yeah, you better. Asheville yeah.
0: is where it's at. Yeah, well, Asheville, right? North Carolina, baby. There you go. Yeah. I have a friend who just moved to uh, North Carolina. She's in Raleigh now. Yeah, that's only about three and a half hours away from us. I know. I was just like, so that means when I fly into Asheville, I can hang out with you for a day, and then Max can come pick me up, and I'll go hang out with them. Mm-hmm. That's Absolutely. perfect. Yeah. It's a perfect situation. So where I wanted to start tonight in a continuation of last night. Um, I mean, last week, two weeks ago, whatever it is. Um, I think I want to start with because we talked to some we talked somewhat about rides, but I think rides are kind of the most boring part about a theme park. Mm-hmm. And so I want to I want to dive into and honestly, it's, it's going to be as we kind of know, Disney centric, because that's where we've spent most of our theme parking time together. Yep. And they also have some of the most, most, some of the uh, most varied things to do. That's outside of, of a ride. Cause when you go to someplace like Cedar point, you can go get um, a slushy and then go ride millennium force. Like, and that's pretty <laughs> much all you can do, you know, like um, Cedar points. Great. If you like roller coasters and you're willing to travel there, you should absolutely go there. They have a roller coaster that gets to the heights of 301 feet. Um, If you've ever been to Six Flags, California, the tallest roller coaster there is 250 feet called Goliath. About two quarters of the way down, three quarters of the way down, you're like, I'm ready for this feeling to stop. So add another (laughs) 50, 60 feet on top of that. And when I went with my friend, her and I um, got like the second row. And when you like go over that crest and you're like, I, I the, and, like, the track goes in ground into a tunnel and you oh, like can't cool. see the slope at the very top. And you're like, this is not going to be fun. <laughs> and it is. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's great. I, I highly suggest it. But I think the most interesting part about theme parks, at least for me, is going to be everything that's not a ride. So I kind of want to go through that because um, I have something very specific that no longer exists in the world that i would pay an exorbitant amount of money to be able to experience again absolutely let's it's do my, it it's my favorite thing i've ever ever seen in the theme park and i will never i don't think I, I think i can confidently say that that nothing will probably ever live up to what i think this is
1: yeah and well i'll Let's not lead off with that, though. That's really exciting, and, and like, that's a lot. Let's build up to that. Okay, Let's so my other favorite thing
0: um, that I did and discovered that's at Epcot, which I think is really kind of fun and cool and kind of, like, a nice, fun, romantic thing to do is there is a store in the Japanese Pavilion in Epcot that sells um, pearls, but the pearls are inside of the clamps, in the store and you get to pick your clam and pop it open and see what kind of pearl you get and they have all these different attachments like rings and earrings you can get two for a set you can do a little necklace and i just think that's so really wonderful and cool because sometimes you can get black pearls off of them like that happens every once in a while Mm -hmm. um and i think it's really cute you know i think that's one of my like intro like just kind of fun things to do at a theme park that's not necessarily attached to a ride or anything. Um, I can keep going all day. So you let me know when to stop. What, what's uh, We'll just kind of trade off. Yeah, and I'm going to loop back around to my comments earlier
1: about Casey's Corner because for me, one of my favorite things to do in theme parks is to people watch. You get such an assortment of people, especially at some place like Walt Disney World. It's an international tourist destination. yeah. And so you see people, you hear accents and, and, and languages from around the world, and it's phenomenal. And you see people who are there, you know, they cater to such a broad group of people that you see you know, middle-aged couples, you see retired couples with their grandkids, you see newlyweds on their honeymoons, you see just groups of teenagers whose parents have annual passes and dropped them off so they could have some free time. Like, it's just such a gathering place. And I love grabbing some sort of snack or food or drink or refreshment Yes, and just like Enjoying that Florida sun, getting that vitamin D and just people watching. So that, that to me is one of my big
0: non ride things. And I could do that. I could do that the entire day. Like we did. Yeah. We went to, we Max and I went, got a chance to go to Disneyland in California adventure about a year and a half ago. And we spent probably like a good hour and a half just drinking a beer in California adventure, waiting for our fast pass to show up just people watching It's yeah. great and like it was so much fun that was one of my favorite moments of that day um, yeah that and the haunted mansion night before christmas ride because wow that
1: was incredible yeah incredible,
0: phenomenal
1: it was oh, so good
0: yeah I need you to send me those pictures again by the way okay please
1: because I've got, because them, I've I've got them all them. up
0: on a um, on a drive on google so I can just share that folder yes, with you yes please do because I would like to show those pictures to some folks yeah absolutely um, I think another thing that I want to highlight that um, that Disney does such a great job of is is entertainment for children. That's not a ride. That's really fun. Mm-hmm. So in Epcot, they have a little passport that kids can get, and they can get stamps at all the different pavilions and mm-hmm. collect all these different things, which is really cool. They used to, I don't think they have it anymore, but they used to have. It was first at Kim Possible. Um, kiosk where you were given a mission to go out into the pavilions and accomplish something and come back, mm-hmm. and they're they changed it to uh, Perry the Platypus. I remember, and, and and that one and that's really cool. Um, they are the um, what's the uh, do you know what the card game in the Magic Kingdom is called? It's something of the Magic Kingdom, right? Wizards, wizards of the Magic Kingdom. Magicians. It's something to do with
1: Mickey and, and Yen Sid and 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 the Sorcerer's Apprentice. Sorcerers in the Magic
0: Kingdom, maybe? Sorcerers of the Magic Kingdom. Let's look it let's, up. We need to look know this. Yeah. Yeah. We, we must know. We. I, I worked in the Magic Kingdom when this first started. I, I should know this. Um, so, what's your favorite? While I do this and look this up, what's your favorite nighttime attraction? Um, let, let me say that differently. Night show. Nighttime show. And then I want to know what your favorite parade is too that we've that you've ever experienced. Um, my favorite nighttime attraction.
1: Yes. My favorite thing to do at night, honestly, and this is really going to be corny. Um, my favorite thing to do at night is to go to Tomorrowland and take the elevator up to the little rocket ship ride on top of the central display in Tomorrowland and ride around in a little rocket ship under the stars. And That's I just awesome. think it's so cute. And you can see the castle. And like at that time of day, like nighttime is magic in the Magic Kingdom because it's just like it's sleepy. It is. People are kind
0: of worn out after you their have- last their full days. Like it's like. Those, those those lights that give off that yellow glow on Main Street. Yeah. Um, which yeah. we also had a really good friend who uh, used to replace all the lights in the Magic Kingdom. That was his job for a year. Yeah. Um, him and I walked into a store one time that was just all about lights. That's all the store was. And mm-hmm. somebody asks us if uh, they can help us. And he's like, no, no, we're just really big light enthusiasts. We, we got this. <laughs> <laughs> It was great. still one of my that's favorite really jokes cute. that Rob's ever told. It was good. Um, <coughs> so sorcerers of the magic kingdom. Yep, yeah. yeah. That's what I figured. And I'm going to juxtapose your nighttime favorite thing and like how much fun you've had in that nighttime and t- t- go early morning dawn when the sun is just coming up. So Splash Mountain resides on the west side of the. uh, of Cinderella Castle. So when you go over the big drop, which is only 80 feet, 80 feet, I don't even know if it's 80 feet, it may only be like 60 feet. Anyways, when you go over the big drop at the very end, um, you can see the castle and so at the very top, and it, and if you've been in that ride, it kind of hangs at the top for a second and then drops you because the whole log has to go over. Mm-hmm. So early in the morning, when I was working at Splash Mountain, you had to do a ride check in the morning if you were one of the first people to open the ride. Mm-hmm. So as a CP, you always got to do the ride check because everybody else who's worked there has done it so many times. or are like, we just just go do it. And they, they all know care. that you, yeah. you want to ride it. Um, and for... Yeah, so the, uh, I got to be the opener, opening rider to like make sure that the ride was safe and check everything else. You you kind of look through and make sure all the animatronics are working, and if they're not, you let them know so the engineering can come and work on it. Anyways, um, earlier in the morning, it's about park opens at eight. Sometimes magic hours happen before that at seven. So I was riding the ride at like six fifty, 6.50, six fifty five, and the sun was just cresting and it was like in the sky and it wasn't cresting over the horizon. It was cresting right over the castle. It was like right behind the castle. Mm-hmm. So I came over the top of the hill and I just see Cinderella Castle with all of this light rays coming out of every single like edge and it just looked the most magical I have ever seen that castle without having lights on it. Yeah, And it's so incredible. So if you get an opportunity to, sometime in the winter, when it doesn't, the uh, the sun doesn't rise as early as it does in the summer, go ride Splash Mountain at park open, and it's probably going to be pretty awesome. If the sun is like right there, it's just so magical. It's really wonderful. Um, I Highly suggest it. Yeah, there's so many
1: little moments uh, during the day that that take on this really unique interesting quality and, and the park is like a different experience at every one of those times right it's like a, it's like a, it's like a entirely different park
0: no it, it absolutely is like nighttime is way different than early morning mid-afternoon um, so what about um, your do you have a favorite kind of do you have a favorite parade out of all the parades that you've seen and i'm going to include holiday parades in this i haven't seen the holiday parades ooh that's too bad the halloween parade is that's amazing. what i've heard
1: that's what i've heard and now that we're annual pass holders i'm optimistic that we will get a chance to do that sometime this year um i really want to do that and I really hope we can do that and I really am looking forward to doing that Um, so I guess because I haven't seen that I think my favorite parade my favorite parade is actually the Animal Kingdom one Ooh.
0: Nice. I actually have only, like, seen snippets of that. I've never actually been able to sit down and watch all of it. Yeah, and it's just because it's, like, it's in the middle of the afternoon,
1: right? Animal Kingdom gets really hot and muggy because there's so much water around it. And it's, like, people are pretty worn out by that point. And all the characters come out, and they've all got their, like, straw hats on and Hawaiian shirts and stuff. And it's just really quaint. It is. it just, like, really revives you. And there's, like, all this percussion and, like, rhythm instrumentation that really, like puts a pet back in your step for the middle of the afternoon. And I've like, I appreciated it more than just something to watch. Like I appreciated it because I felt like it actually affected my day in, yeah. in a way that was just more than like, Oh, that looks
0: cool. And now I have a nice memory. Yeah. Which is, yeah, that is, that's awesome. I like that parade a lot too. Um, mm-hmm. with the snippets I've seen, like, cause I haven't seen all of it. Um, I think for me, there's a few different levels, When it comes to the parades, um, my favorite daytime parade for sure. That's not true. Let me tell you what my actual favorite parade is. It is the parade that you get to see on the water. If you're staying in either the contemporary or the Polynesian or the grand Floridian, I think it goes back to wilderness lodge, but I'm not sure if it actually does. There is a water parade that just has it's really old too and they mm-hmm. haven't like updated it with new lights. They just keep replacing the lights. So it's just this wireframes parade on these barges that run through, and the music is just kind of this wonderfully whimsical like mm-hmm. it's really good. And it's so great. It's just a fun little parade. And I love sitting on the beach drinking like a rum and coke and like watching that parade go mm-hmm. by yeah it's it's a
1: lovely experience
0: it's It's a lot of fun speaking of that um favorite bar raglan road (laughs) oh see i think there's i like um i really like the grand floridian bar that's like behind the uh the band that's just that little cutout. um I really like the Animal Kingdom bar a lot that's sitting above the restaurant mm-hmm. um, favorite bar though for me though is Jock Lindsay's in yeah. downtown Disney
1: it's I haven't a, been there
0: yet it's a bar themed around the pilot from Raiders of the Lost Ark mm-hmm. it's so cool and there's just all this backstory to him and there's so many really cool, interesting like decor in there and the patio in the back is really cool. It gets really windy but it's sitting on the water on Disney uh, downtown Disney. I guess it's called Disney Springs now. But, uh, yeah. It's great. I would suggest ordering anything off that menu because Disney... Typically has a heavy hand, even though the drinks are expensive, they typically have, give you some good pours there.
1: Yeah, they do. They, they do. They're very intentional about that. And that's something I very much appreciate. Um, one thing I will say is that I, I may like Raglan will always be my favorite place to eat and drink at Disney. Like, it's just, it's, it's me. Like it's perfect. Um, but I have not yet been to the Edison lounge or whatever it's called. And I I really
0: am excited to go do that. It's awesome. I've been to the Edison twice. I think I went with Rob and Kristen once. Um, it was awesome. Don't you just like, I really just miss driving around freeways and seeing roller coasters. You know, like there's just something like wonderful about driving through places and just like looking over there and there's a theme park and like, oh, some roller coasters. Why don't we go we go check those out and go uh, and go ride those. Um, <laughs> I really, really like um, the. Did I ever tell you that I got to be in the Mardi Gras parade at Universal Studios? Didn't you do that as well? Yeah, I did. Isn't that fun? It was a blast. It was yeah. great. It was a rush. Yeah. It was.
1: And all you're doing is just standing on a float and throwing out beads. But man, for 15 minutes, you feel like the king of the world.
0: You do. Absolutely. Were you on the top of the bus or the bottom of the float? We were on the top. Yes, we were too. It was so awesome. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it was great. Because the... uh, I remember my arm being incredibly sore after that. But mm-hmm. there's all these people out there like looking at you and you like connect with them on a level. You like make eye contact, and you're like, all right, I'm gonna throw you the beads, you try to catch it. I'm gonna mm-hmm. get you some, don't worry about it. And then you toss them out to them, and sometimes you like way overthrow them or hit places. I kept on trying to uh, toss them out so they would like land on things like tree branches and like little sticks and like flagpoles and stuff. Uh, or like, if somebody was holding out their uh, like holding up their hand, I would try to like toss it so it would like land perfectly on their hand as well. Mm-hmm. yeah, it was uh, fun
1: and i I definitely disappointed some people
0: like oh me too I would make, I would
1: make eye contact and nod and throw and just like whiff it, man, I am not sportsy i 'm not athletic <laughs> i don 't have very good aim. Um, that my years of playing Ultimate Frisbee in high school are a long time
0: gone man i i i I can't throw frisbee all that well i'm not I'm not very accurate people like to play frisbee a lot and i I have not a lot of desire to play frisbee. Ultimate Frisbee is a little more fun because you get to run around in it, but just regular standing in a circle Frisbee. I have a hard time with it because I feel bad and it's not fun for me because I always throw it and somebody has to go get it. Not all the time, (laughs) but a lot of the time I'm like, this is not fun. I am just making you guys run more. So I don't really need this in my life. Um, my, um, my favorite parade really though, besides the waterfront parade, which really is awesome. Um, I really really like the um I love the Christmas parade and sp- specifically the toy soldiers as they walk yeah. by. Yeah, I, I need to, I they, need to see it. It's just they have this like chuck 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 like like it sounds like toy soldiers walking yeah. on concrete. It's so wonderful. Um and I've been a uh Ooh, you know what I want to talk about besides parades that I just thought of because I've been able to be fortunate enough to go back into the parade building backstage a couple different times to go see all the different floats up close yeah um, I think if you are planning on making a trip to Walt Disney World anytime soon and you're interested in theme parks and you're curious about the behind the scenes and the history and how things are done and if you want to go into the Utilidor underneath the Magic Kingdom I encourage you to do the um, to do the Magic Kingdom tours if, if you have an opportunity to um, let me see if I can find the one that I'm specifically talking about and I know there's going to be people that are listening to this that are going to get frustrated because I cannot remember anything about Disney right now. And I used to do reservations for them, so I used to have to know everything about them. And I've lost all of that so much. Um, Keys of the Kingdom. That's what it's called. The Keys of the Kingdom tour. If you have an opportunity... I've been on that tour four times. Uh-huh. If you've had... because I've never had it's to pay a- for it because the person... I've only had paid for it once, but the person that I... Um, was dating at the time. She was a tour guide, so I she I, I got to go on a couple of her tours, three of them actually. I think, mm-hmm. um, awesome. She's an amazing tour guide. I don't know if she's. I don't think she's doing any anymore. But you should definitely definitely go do it. Um, it takes you like through the Magic Kingdom and it talks about the history mm-hmm. and how it started and the first day, and then it takes you behind stage and yeah. it talks behind about the how they scenes. Do this stuff. Behind it's the scenes, a, yeah, it's a it's a
1: full tour of the experience, like what it really is. Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't really have an
0: understanding of that because Disney is very good about preserving the show. Right, it's incredible. Like they they go into detail about why things are placed here, why things are placed here. Oh, this building is painted. Um, I forget what color of green it's called, but there's a certain color of green that doesn't really register with people's. Um, Mind or brain, so like you just kind of gloss over it. Yeah. It's really interesting that they've done enough research on that where you're like, yeah, this is just the kind of color that like you don't really think about. So when you see it, you don't really notice that it's there. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really interesting. There are a few nicks and corners and like little like nooks and places here in all these different theme parks that if you're just a little observant and kind of peek your head a little bit away, you can kind of see in the backstage and kind of look into these different areas it's really fun i think I, I really like that part of stuff um, yeah there's not a whole lot of stuff outside of disney like i said disney does it some of the best but i think my favorite non-ride thing outside like in a universal theme park mm-hmm. um universal by far the the um the deathly hallows play or a little show that they put on yeah i haven't seen that one it's so wonderful it's, um, it's like all these like really cool like the figures that are in the drawing in the movie they made those in the wooden puppets and mm-hmm. so like they do all these cool different things with them and they tell you this wonderful wonderful story about the Deathly Hallows um, and then as this is going on you're sitting in the middle of Diagon Alley just like hanging out drinking your butterbeer sitting on the floor and behind you or to the left is Greengotts and Greengotts has a dragon on top of it that breathes fire and roars every once in a while so you're watching the Deathly Hallows there's this dragon behind you it's breathing fire it's so cool
1: yeah yeah they did an excellent job with Diagon Alley Yes, it's really good.
0: (laughs) Hogsmeade is really, really good as well. But Hogsmeade is difficult because there is snow everywhere that's Mm. been like painted and like made to look like snow. And Florida is 90 degrees for five months out of the year and 85. The other five. months and then you get two months of 77 so like (laughs) there's not a lot of like but every once in a while you get these wonderful magical days that you're like it's only going to be a high of 50 and there's not much a high of like 55 and there's not much humidity in the air and you're like wow i feel crisp and cold Mm. and wonderful yeah floridians get get, get cold at
1: 55 degrees
0: oh yeah yeah that's a sweatshirt beanie kind of Kind of weather for that I've now adjusted I'm wearing It's 37 degrees outside Right now And I will probably At some point Walk out in my shorts And a sweatshirt To take my dog out And be totally fine Um, But uh, I remember when we were Driving back uh, From Florida To Oregon And We got to the uh, Petrified forest In Arizona Mm -hmm. And it was like 35 degrees outside And windy (laughs) Holy cow windy so windy so windy and all i was wearing was a t-shirt and shorts and max was like bundled up a little bit and we went to this lookout scenic point in view and max is like aren't you cold i it's like max i haven't felt cold in five years i just i need this right now and i just stood out there just like letting that wind and that temperature hit me and it is like the greatest thing in the world it was so wonderful i like cold weather a lot Um, I don't have a lot of cold weather clothes because of Florida, but there are several jackets that I now have been able to wear again because it is cold and I actually can do it. So congratulations on that. Yeah, you're welcome. There's that fun, pointless story that nobody wanted to hear. You can skip over that if you want to. There's no reason to stay on that one. Um have you ever been really excited to meet characters? I've never really been super excited to meet characters after I was a certain age. Though whenever I meet a character, it's always a great time.
1: No, I don't think, you know, I don't think I ever was. I think I was excited to see characters. I was always happy to, like, look. You know, like, yeah. if characters were out, I would want to, like, angle myself around <laughs> to be able to see who who the characters were. But I never needed to, like, actually... Do the meet and greet sort of situation. So,
0: um, it's really interesting because the meet and greet situation in Disneyland where I was growing up and going to is way different than the meet and greet situation at Disney World. So Disneyland's, from the majority of the time I've been there, characters didn't have a specific spot that they would meet at they would just walk around the theme park and you could walk up to them at any point in time and get their autograph so it felt like they were like living in their own theme park and world it was really, really cool and really awesome, but they can't do that at Walt Disney World just because of the sheer magnitude of people that walk through it. And there's right. just a different clientele with that kind of theme park. Yeah. But it's kind of. It was just really kind of cool. It's just. And it's an interesting kind of thing. So I'm. I'm I really, I really like that. I was never super into meeting the characters. I had my character autograph book and I got it just because I like to complete things, but I've never, there's never been one where I had to meet this character or I had to do this. I'm wearing a Jack Skellington shirt right now and I really like that movie a lot. I like him a lot. You can only meet him during the Halloween parties and I've never once wanted to wait in line for that, you yeah. know? And so it's just kind of one of those things. Um, that's interesting. I would have picked you as maybe somebody who really wanted to meet the characters as much as you like to draw and and, and all of that.
1: Yeah. I think if there was one character who would ever be at the top of the list, um, it would have been, like, people over in Fantasyland, right? So, like, the Mad Hatter would have been on the list. Yes. Um, there were a couple of times where we were in the parks on low, low population days and we were able to like just snap some photos with Tigger and Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. And that was really cute. That is cute. But I would never like have waited to do that. I just did that because they were like one person in front of us in line. And so I was like, yeah, sure. Why not?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, I think I want to get to the big one now. Do you have, before I get to mine, cause I'm going to, I'm going to gush on it. I'm going to talk on it. I'm going to talk about the last time I saw it, the first time I saw it, everything about it and around it. Um, Do you have anything that's just like, it's just your thing? Like, uh, you know, other than what you've already talked about, because I know you talk about it, it maybe just your people watching, you know, that may be your thing, but like, what's that? You know, if somebody was like, okay, Max, I'm going to Walt Disney World. Tell me what I want, what I should do. That's not a ride. So it
1: it's kind of a gray area because it's technically kind of a ride. Feel our magic? Um, no. <laughs> one of my favorite things to do is in the, the that mid afternoon like slump, you know, where you either need some coffee or something. Mm-hmm. I get one of the Mickey Mouse ice cream bars.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And I get on the boat that goes around Tom Sawyer Island. And I just get away from it for a minute and I get to reset and I get to reestablish myself. And I, I really love that. And that's something that like, it's sentimental for me because the first time we were in the parks, my brother got tired halfway through the day and was really like re- ready to go back to the to the hotel, so my mom took him back so they could take a nap, and my dad and I stayed in the park. And to kill time while we were waiting for them, because we didn't want to do any of the big like blockbuster rides without them, so we're like, "Well, do you want to?" You know, we explored Tom Sawyer Island. We're like, "Do you want to get an ice cream and just like try the boat?" We're like, "Yeah," and it was just so relaxing and really a disarmingly like quiet and peaceful little experience in the sort of chaos and hubbub of the park. Yeah, I really like that a lot.
0: That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. Well, halfway through that, your explanation intro, I was like, Yeah, yeah, okay. I remember this. I remember mm-hmm. you you showing me this 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 experience the first yeah. time we were in the park together. Yeah, and you're like, This is what I like to do. This is one of my favorite things to do here. Yeah, I like it a lot. <sighs> um, so I'm gonna give you two because my ultimate favorite thing doesn't exist at Disney anymore. Oh no. Um, so the the one that that does exist uh, is uh, you know I'm gonna start with my I'm gonna start with the other one that doesn't exist anymore and see if I can come to the one that does exist. Uh, so for a very long time, in Hollywood studios, used to be MGM studios in the streets of America. Disney used to put up literally. I believe millions of lights. There are a lot of lights, hundreds of thousands, possibly up into the millions Christmas lights during the holiday season. And they would play Christmas music over the top of them, pump out fake snow. Hmm. So it would be snowing on you and they would make the lights dance um, I believe it was the Osborne family spectacle of dancing lights. Yes, that's proper, exactly what it was. The proper nomenclature, um, about the, uh, the show. I, 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 I can't replicate that. Um, I love Christmas lights a lot. My family, when we were younger, um, used to play this game and this, we adore Christmas lights we used to play this game in the car with my brother and I and I believe my little brother when he got older um, but it was mostly when my younger brother my older brother and I were younger we would drive around with my parents during the holiday season and play this game of who could spot a house with Christmas lights fastest and we would just yell out lights Very simple, but it was super fun. And we would go to this warehouse in a town that was nearby every holiday season. And they had this wonderful lights and show that you could drive through. And it would have all these cool, cool Christmas lights, everything. So it really reminded me of that a lot. And then plus you got snow and the lights would dance. But the coolest thing that they would do is they had this really magical, wonderful Amazing intro where somebody would come over the PA or, you know, it was pre-recorded and they would have this really fun, like playful kind of radio banter between these two people. Like they were announcing a show like on live TV and they would set the stage for it because the lights would be on during the day and then they would... Oh, and maybe they wouldn't be. But anyways, they would set the stage for this, and the lights would be, like, all black. There's nothing going on. And you're standing at the far, far corner. Like, you want to stand in the, like, so you can see the most lights possible. So you stand in this far back section of, of everything. And they play this Christmas music, and they do a little fun, like, and now, boom, the lights go on, and you just see blackness. And then suddenly... A million Christmas lights turn on all at once in this <laughs> small period, and I'm not sure I've ever experienced that without feeling incredibly emotional. And most of the time, I cry. I don't cry every single time, but it happens the majority of the time I watch that. And I, I, I it's just, it's my favorite thing. I. It was I, one thing that when I was doing reservations for them that I would tell every single person if they were coming during the holiday season. I said you have to do this and you have mm-hmm. to you have to do this for this experience. Um, I, one of our friends who we've talked about a little bit already, Rob, he worked with us at Disney and he had never experienced the lights turning on for the first time. He'd always gone in when they were already, already playing. On. Yeah. And I said, Rob, that's not how you should experience this trust me. He didn't believe me at first. He was like, it doesn't matter. It's not going to be that cool. I'm like, it is. Trust me. And at that point in time, after I showed him that the first time, he was like, I never will ever come to the lights if I can't experience this first. (laughs) Like, This is how I want to do it from here on out. It's just such an amazing experience. And so I remember when the last year that they were going on, I went to the parks by myself to go see it. And I just walked around just kind of soaking it in for like an hour or so going through all the music because they would play mad Russians Christmas by the trans-siberian orchestra. They would play Kara, uh, um, Kara of bells by the trans-siberian orchestra. They play what's this from nightmare mm-hmm. before Christmas, which is really fun. They have all these really fun, cool little games you can do where there's all these hidden Mickey heads. There's a purple cat that they always place someplace. That's fun to find. <laughs> Um, they tell you when we were working there they would tell us um, when I was in reservations or whatever they would tell us how many Mickey heads that they hid inside of the lights because they would change every single year and then would, like you had to like go count and try to find all of them <laughs> <laughs> they do so many little clever things like that where if you just take that step further and just say okay this the, this is very oh. intentional what what more is here and ask a cast member, you know, is there anything fun that I can be doing during this experience? Like they yeah. usually have those answers of like, yeah, there's a bunch of hidden Mickey head. There's one, there's one, there's one. Go find all the hidden Mickeys inside oh, mm-hmm. all the Christmas lights. Um, you can get your picture taken over there., oh, it's just it's great. I, I love that so much. I don't think I, I don't think there's gonna be a theme park experience that will ever match that for me. Um, I like Star Wars a lot and I like Toy Story a lot I don't like them enough to lose the Osborne family spectacle of Dancing mm-hmm. Lights um, I think that was a treasure at Disney and it was one of those things that I, I understand why it was gone and why it was cut but it, it does make me legitimately sad. Maelstrom left I'm sad because I love that ride specifically like with you I remember riding that ride with you but um it's not going to be the same without the dancing lights. Yeah. Anyways. So, um, there's so much to do there really. And I don't, I don't want to feel like a commercial cause it's just Max and I having fun remembering what we like to do at Disney. <laughs> um, yeah we
1: love it. We just like it. And so if you don't, that's fine. And you don't have to go do any of these well, things. I was but was just, sh- what I,
0: what I kind of want to do is I just, I'm not apologizing for, I'm just saying like, it sounds like we're trying to sell you on this, but we're just getting excited about it. Um, we are sold on it. I guess is probably more accurate. Yeah. We've drunken the Kool-Aid. Drunken? Yeah. We're going to go with it. Done um, drunken. So... I'd like to touch on this a little bit because I think I don't want to get too deep into it. Um, but I would like to touch on maybe the, we'll just get into any of it if you want to. Um, but kind of, I know we discussed this a little bit, your experience though, like working in the theme park, because I think that's kind of a unique experience to have. Um, and I'd like to get your perspective on it because you've been... I've worked there longer, but you worked in more positions, I think, throughout your time there than I did. Like, I worked at an attraction and the parking lots, which I love. I don't know if you like that parking lot job. I loved the parking lot job. I did. It It was so much fun. I Throughout my entire Disney career... Every single boss I ever had who asked me about where I came from, and like they would always ask, Well, parking lot, that sounds miserable. I'm like, no, nope. The parking lot, the way we experienced it, was so much fun for me. Like, I'm on my college program, I'm not like dealing with a lot of guest interaction. Most of my guest interaction is good experiences because people are excited, right? They're either excited, excited to be to... coming or yes. they're
1: too tired. To yell at anybody anymore, and they just right. want to get in their car and go home.
0: Exactly. So it's great. Um, I love talking on the back of the tram, trying to like get some laughs out of the folks. There's one time where it was late at night, and somebody started at the very front of my tram, and they walked three. Cr- it, there, it was late at night. There's there's nobody on the tram. There's like ten people there, and they were just walking, walking, walking. And I'm like, I'm like. And like part of our spiel is like, yep, you can, every row is open, you can pick any door. And I'm like, yep, every row is open. You can literally pick anywhere. You sit anywhere you want to. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there's a person like that was sitting uh, three quarters away down my tram, um, closer to me. They were they were they were like probably 10, 15 rows away from me. And they said Oh, I I didn't know sarcasm was part of the Disney experience. I was like, it absolutely is. (laughs) Have you been on the Jungle Cruise? Yeah. Do you know what the tram ride is? (laughs) Like, We say the same thing over and over again. We're going to have fun with it. You're just going to have to... I remember... I always knew when you were on the back of the tram because you always you always pretended like you were on a roller coaster going through the tunnel.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's
0: it's maybe a
1: ramp. The, the, the elevation change is probably six feet. Right. It's not <laughs> yeah. very tall at yeah. all. And you go down at like a, I'd say like a maybe a 25, 30 degree angle at 15 miles an hour. <laughs> at so, maximum.
0: yeah, it's not thrilling at all no but you made it thrilling and it was really fun yeah well i mean um, you have to yeah there was one experience in that i had in the tram where i had my entire entire tram ride laughing the whole ride i have no idea how i did it i don't know what happened i don't remember what i said i was just in one weird specific mood where i was just really enjoying myself at the time Mm -hmm. somebody forgot their glasses on the back of the tram so i put the sunglasses on i was just like all right i'm just gonna be a this person now it's uh-huh. <laughs> just started going with it um and there is another time i love the parking lot it's so much fun i like i like with when you got to direct the traffic with your uh, little batons mm-hmm. when you're doing reparking reparking is when you have all of the uh Like Essentially, it happens around 5 o'clock, 6 o'clock at night when the parking lot has been majority... It's mostly been filled, but there's so many people that have left during the day that you find different parts of the parking lot that have quite a bit of open spaces. So you start reparking those spaces, and it's really fun because you get these little lights like you're Trap like, I mean, you are directing traffic, but it feels like you're directing like planes coming in for landing. I got really into it, and we'll just get like really serious about it and just over exaggerate all of my actions. Um, There was a time where we had were tasked to pick up cones and outside of the parking lot because when it gets really busy, like Christmas, New Year's. Easter, that kind of stuff. They do additional parking on top of what their parking lot is. The Magic Kingdom, I think, is the fourth largest parking lot in the world. So, like, we have additional parking lot on top mm-hmm. of that. That's, like, in the grass. But we had to set all these cones out. So, one of my co-workers, Alex, and I, we... Were <laughs> we were driving the trailer and I was walking next to the cones and we just would pick them up and toss them into the trailer and see if we could like get the cones on top of each other and we just kind of moseyed on through and got all that done and then we had to go put the cones away in the shed and we decided they had it was right at the time that Disney switched over from the Seven Dwarves in their parking lot and Mm -hmm. two um, heroes and villains. So they had all of the old signs from the parking lot in the shed along with all these cones. Mm -hmm. So Alex and I decided to take the next 15 minutes of our day and build a fort inside of the shed. So we built a little fort out of everything and then put away the cones and just left it there. So somebody (laughs) would (laughs) come in and find the fort (laughs) after we did it. And then... (laughs) We uh, went and picked up wheelchairs, which was the most fun job in the parking lot for me. I loved running around in that little truck, picking up those wheelchairs, making myself a little Hess run, you know, to get some of that pizza or little chicken nuggets. Yeah. Um, The parking lot was
1: really special, and I have to point this out because we would have been dead otherwise. Disney is unionized, and our union leader in the area our coordinator his name was jeff shout outs to jeff dude this man knew what he was doing he had been working there when we were there for like 11 years at this point so he was an expert and what what he would do is he would rotate people through all the positions they would staff appropriately but the way it worked is you were on the tarmac like you know florida heat on an, an asphalt concrete top is blacktop is really hot so we're out there with a full bottle of water every time we're on there for 30 minutes and we don't even walk out there like they drive us to it in the air-conditioned van drop us off say we'll be back you do that for 30 minutes they roll back up and say all right come on and you get back in the van you go to the air-conditioned break room and you cool off for an hour yeah it's really incredible like they, he knew what he was doing. They knew what they were doing. They were all experts out there and it yeah. ran so smoothly and I never felt unsafe. Yeah. I never felt like I was in any sort of, like I never had to be conscious about my safety in that heat because they did such a good job. They did an amazing Wednesday nights. That's a big deal.
0: Jeff was coordinator Wednesday nights. Um, yeah. Wednesday nights were always the best nights because we would all be scheduled until like four in the morning because sometimes Wednesday nights were matched um, magic hours. Mm-hmm. And, and so we'd be like, all right, your shift is from eight o'clock to four in the morning. And we'd get to like two Cause and like everything would be done. And Jeff is just like, well, do you guys want to just want to go home? <laughs> He's like, yeah. He's like, all right, yeah. go home. We don't need you anymore. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah, it was it was
0: great. Um, I saw him when I went back at Traditions. Are you kidding? No, not at all. It was really weird. So after I left Disney, I lived in Oregon for about a year and a half and then went back to Disney. Um, and I was working in the reservation center at that point. Mm-hmm. And my first day, I had to do Traditions over again, which is your orientation first day at Disney. Um, and it's just this class you have to go through. It's a really cute class. I really like Traditions a lot, actually. Yeah, same. Um, and I was he was the union rep for all the um, SDCU union um, cast members at that traditions class so I'm like walking and I was like Jeff what yeah and we had like a little talk it was really fun uh, but I can't believe like after a year and a half the first person that I like, recognize is like my old coordinator and that's kind of really what it's like working at Disney you can't yeah. walk anywhere without seeing somebody you know um, I, I, I I really miss the environment because everybody everybody works at Disney because they typically wants to be there uh-huh. because they like that company and they like that um, entertainment and they so everybody like you could Shh almost go up to anybody and just start a conversation because you probably have a lot of the same interests because you're working at the same place like it's really unique that way like where I work right now um, is for I, I work for a bunch of physicians not everybody just has that like you don't go to work me like you know what I'm really into metal like healthcare I want to do this like you can do that and people are into that a lot but that's not typically what you talk about on the dinner table a lot of the times But at Disney, it was really unique because you could just turn around and, like, you have a new friend and you go hang out. Like, Mm -hmm. it was, like, I I really struggled with living outside of Florida and outside of Orlando for that very reason. It's been difficult for me, too, because it's so easy to make friends at Disney. At least for me, it was, like... I never felt like I was alone, I guess. And I felt that way outside of Disney. It's really interesting. So, like, that's kind of part of the reason that keeps pulling me back to that place. It's like, well, all of my best friends are there. Like, so... Not all of them. I have a lot of best friends other places, too. And I'm building some great relationships here. But, like... Oh, well, Rob is over there. And Matt is over there. And Adam was there. And, like, there's all these people that were over there. I'm like, well, I should probably... Go hang out over there, you know. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah, uh, it's, I it's a won- culture.
1: It really is. It's a community yeah. and it's a culture. And it, if if that's what you're looking for and if that's what you want, it's there for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I and I really like that. That was my favorite part about working at Disney was I just made so many good friends there. And it's I don't know. I like the people that are there. They're generally mm-hmm. pretty pretty cool folks, and uh, I'm really into that. The other thing I wanted to say before we stopped talking about the parking lots, and I wanted to piggyback on what you said about how great Jeff is and that aspect of it. No, nowhere else in Disney runs that way. I've worked at a few different places that run off of CDS, which is their timekeeping system mm-hmm. for punching in and punching out. Um, everywhere else, so after the parking lot, I worked at Splash Mountain for about six months and very rigid time very like you have 15 minutes for your break don't ever go over it your lunch is exactly 30 minutes you can't like nothing like you know it's like you're responsible for this you clock yourself in you use cds it gives you a task you do your task Um, what i mean by that is it prints out a little piece of paper that tells you what position on the attraction you have to go to and then you go tell that person to do what it says that person is supposed to do. So it's either going to be break this person for 15 minutes and then they get a new assignment and go break somebody else, break somebody for lunch, or you'll start a list, a rotation. I love the rotations because it just bounces around to all these different people. You'll start, if you get a rotation, that's really cool because you get to be at the very front of the rotation. So you may go (laughs) out to fast passes and you have to pull fast passes from people. You don't necessarily have to do that a whole lot anymore because they changed the system, but it's still a job. I love Love switching and and working the fast pass queue, but we'll, we'll talk about it in a second because I think that's an interesting thing and, and a cool insight about how fast passes work at Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, the parking lot, though, there would be times legitimately where you get picked up in the van after you had sat for a 15 minute break in your like for 40 minutes <laughs> hanging out playing cards. We played a lot of cards, um. And you'd get out to your van, and they would drive you around, and they'd look at their little clipboard, and they'd be doing this little thing with the chickers and the checks and all this little thing. And they'd look at you and said, oh, well, it's time for your next break. And they would take you back into the break room because they have to give you a break every two hours. And so sometimes... You're a little bit late on when they pick you up for your break. So when you go back, it's it was amazing. I That happened to me legitimately probably five or so times where they would just drive me around like, oh, it's time for your break again. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah, and I never got the
1: impression like – and this may have been naivety, but I never got the impression that they were trying to take advantage. I got the impression that they were just like trying to maximize the amount of time that people had to rest – because of the heat. Yeah. Like there was I remember there was like a, especially like ramping up to Christmas cuz I wasn't there for Christmas and we can talk about that at some point too. Oh yeah. Um but ramping up to Christmas it was getting really busy. There were late nights and we would be out in in a spot for more like instead of the 30 minutes it would be more like 45, 50. Right. But to compensate, we were we were given longer breaks, right? And mm-hmm. that And that always felt to me like, like not just like them, like, you know, abusing the system. It felt like them really looking out for their employees because everything was getting done. Like the machine was running perfectly. And every time someone was called up to go back to their place, they weren't frustrated. They weren't grumpy. They weren't upset about it because they were ready to hit the tarmac again because they had had a chance to rest up and get some water and and, in the air conditioning enough to like balance out their body systems. It was just it, it, incredible
0: to me. It, it is. Was, it, it was, it was, it was really, really unique for a theme park. And even for a parking lot, yeah. um, all the other parking lots in Disney don't operate that way. They all operate on CDS and they operate with like the tasks where you pull something from a tag, you have to go bump somebody out and like yeah. the magic kingdom, because of the way the parking lot is split into two, Um, works better with the van system this way. Um, I don't know if they still do it this way. I've heard that they maybe don't. I I um,
1: can't imagine they still do. I think we were there at a magical time.
0: I think we were too. I have somebody who, I don't know if she still is a, I think she was the the, I think she's the proprietor maybe now? I can't remember. I know somebody that worked at Magic Kingdom parking lot as a manager for a long time. Yeah. I, the parking lot was great. It really was. I always look back on that time as one of my f- like favorite six months of work. Um, it, it was it was a lot of fun. I had, I had a lot of a lot of really good fond memories. I don't think I've laughed as hard in a work situation as the time your legs fell asleep and they called you up. <laughs> i never going to live that down. No, absolutely nah, not. And I'm, no, it's man. not even like I'm making, I don't even think I'm like, I'm not really trying to make fun of you. And I, I just, it's something that happens that like yep. you nope. had no control over. Like it's that not was, like yep. you did something stupid, but <laughs> no. Max falls asleep on this bench from on what break. I
1: remember. It was a long break. I was resting. Yep. It was yep. a hot day.
0: Yep. And he fell asleep on this bench and the, the consummate and amazing cast member that Max is, as soon as his name was called, he pops right up, goes to get his task in the van, and he gets about one step and just, like, falls down because <laughs> his legs are asleep from sleeping on the bench. And just the whole, like, way it happened of him just, like, he just looked like he was excited and just kind of, like, one of those, like, oh, and then just, like, went down. It was great. You, you could see the
1: awareness on my face as I realized that my legs weren't going to get me <laughs> where I needed to get. And I went down. And I still, to this day, do not know how it happened. But- I don't either. No, but what I mean is everyone was there to see it.
0: Everybody was there.
1: Yeah, I don't know how that worked. There must have been no one in the parking lot that day because every single cast member from the parking lot saw that happen. They all witnessed it firsthand.
0: Yeah, it could have been the, um, you know what it probably was? It was probably the uh, the uh, late evening lull between the when the fireworks were happening and right before they're released. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Because it's that's exactly when everybody's in the break room because nobody is leaving the parking lots mm-hmm. or the park when the fireworks are going on.
1: Yep.
0: Yeah. And, uh, the, um, oh, man, I had something to say and it has lost me. It's drifting off into my room. It looks like it's going out the window. I don't think I'm going to get that thought back. That's so,
1: fine. I can pick up for a minute because you asked briefly. I want to circle back. I uh, I have to amend two statements I made earlier. Oh, um, please do. One is that I absolutely, I absolutely m- waited in line to meet and greet characters. One character, group of characters in the parks. Do you want to try to guess who they were?
0: Ooh. Group of characters mm-hmm. in the parks. Hmm.
1: you want a hint? I do. Please. Well, they've got a power and a force that you've never seen before.
0: I'm not sure I'm going to get this.
1: They've got the ability to morph. That's where I was thinking. And to even up the score. <laughs> No one can ever take them down. The power lies on their side. <laughs> you can stop saying power. It's alright. Go go Power uh, Rangers. Yes, yeah, so it's the Power Rangers. I I, I waited I, in line for an hour and a half. To meet I didn't the power know Rangers.
0: that they had a meet and greet. They had they used to. They don't anymore. They used well, to have yeah. one out at MGM studios. Well, Disney had that property for a very brief amount of time, so I'm sure that's when that was being done. That was it's magical that I got to be there for that because that was epic. Yeah, and that was so I, fun. I, that's kind of what I thought you were going with yeah. with that one, but I didn't. I was like, Power Rangers, really? Yeah. I'm like, well, Disney did own that property for a little bit, so it's possible they did a meet and greet. But I really didn't know they did a meet and greet there at all. Yeah. That's really really cool. Yeah, I've got some great photos from it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> wicked awesome. cool photos. We need to see those photos. Yeah. So those photos need to go up on the website. Okay.
1: All right. I'll try to. <laughs> I'll try to find one. Dig one up and snap. Snap one, yes, it's around somewhere.
0: Um, the interesting thing about working at Disney is Disney has a facial hair policy in the theme parks, which um, I'm actually a fan of because of different themes that they're doing. I'm not. about that? I'm a fan of it, in, I'm. A, well, let me put it this way: I'm a fan of it for the reasons that they say they're doing it. Um, I am fully against restricting anybody's personal appearance at work because my thought process is, is you want to be a wonderful, creative, endeavored company, but you will not let your employees be creative at work with themselves. Um, I think it's,
1: it's 2019, man. Like the way a person looks does not affect the way that they can take care of other people. No, and no, it we doesn't. Need, we absolutely need to get past that because it's embarrassing.
0: Yeah, I, I do archaic. understand the excuse that they give, like Frontierlands, when they're trying to theme it that way. But I'm with you, too. There I'm were outlaws of... in the Wild West. Come on. That's true. They were outlaws in the Wild West. There's an um, entire restaurant about it. Yeah. So... I want to get into one more thing before we uh, say goodbye to everybody, because we're almost up on our time here. Yeah. Um, it's amazing how fast fun. It
1: melts away when you're talking about something you're passionate about.
0: Yeah. And there wasn't even much of an intro to this one. We kind of just got into it. Actually, that's not true. I think there's like 30 minutes in, into it. Anyways, doesn't matter. That stuff's not going to be important. Um, really, what I want to do is just very briefly, because we have about 10 minutes of time here. Um, where would you like to see theme parks go? in the future. Like, what do you think that next step is that you would like to take? It has to, can be business and can be new rides and kind of be anything. Just throw out like one thing that you kind of want to see going forward. Um, that's, you're not seeing right now. I want guests to be invited
1: into the process in a more substantive way. One of the things that Walt was in the process of doing was, you know, establishing Epcot as the experimental prototype community of tomorrow, right? He was, he was pushing experimentation, innovation, engineering. And then when he passed during its construction, they were like, what do we do with this? Let's make it another park. And I would love to see people involved Beyond just being wined and dined, beyond this stuff like that, I would love for guests to be able to go to traditions, to see Disney University, to be given tours around the place. I would love for them to to be given tours of the entire property, to see here's where maintenance is, here's where we fix the monorails when they go down. I would love to take away the glossy varnish yeah. and show people the engine underneath. And I, I think for me what's really exciting about that is that it facilitates an awareness of how real this is and how possible this is with people. Like it, it makes it so much more grounding for people, especially like young impressionable kids who are thinking about what they want to do with their life. Maybe, maybe they didn't think about being an engineer and then they realized that being an engineer could mean that they work on monorails like Mm -hmm. connections get made there that wouldn't be made otherwise. And I think that's pretty neat. And I think that like entertainment by itself is fun, but I think if you create something that people learn from, if you create something that allows people to see the better parts of themselves and the hopes they have for themselves then you create repeat customers Mm -hmm. and you create opportunities for not just guests, but for relationships. And I think that's really what business is about at its core. And so to, to see that connection invested in, right. It's like, it's like if you invite me over, you know, it's like the old adage about going on a date, right? It's like, if you go on a date and you sit in a movie theater you're sitting in a dark room staring at a wall for two and a half hours. You don't really get to know the person, which is why you do the dinner with it, is So you can like sit there face to face and talk and, and get right. to know each other. And, and that's that's the part I feel like is missing right now. I feel like we've got the theater. We've got the screen. I've been entertained. Let me get to know you.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um, that's. That's that's very uh, hopeful thinking, and I, I'm 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 with you. I'm I'm into it. What about
1: you? What do you see from parks?
0: <laughs> um, mine's not as thoughtful, you know. But uh, I would really like to see mine's going to be more on the entertainment side. I want to see a return of um, new IPs and creativeness in the theme parks and what they're building and what they're doing with it. So what I mean by that is, Disney has added. Um, several since I've been there they have added several lands or expansions and rides and different opportunities and and different packages and not a single one of them has something new none of them every single thing that they've added has been Avatar Land Toy Story Land New Fantasy Land Star Wars land like they're taking their franchises and their IPs and they are using that it's essentially I want to see them be bold and instead of playing it safe I love Star Wars I think Star Wars land is amazing I I want that but I also want a um, Jules Verne land like they were gonna do you know and I want a Discovery Land. I want a beastly kingdom like they were going to do in, in Animal Kingdom. You know, like I want the Imagineers and the artists to create instead of have something given to them and say, make this something that our guests are going to love. I want. Here's a blank slate. Do what you will with it. And I think that's that's kind of my biggest thing with Disney right now is there's just not a lot of. There's, not, I, there's a lot of creativeness in what they do. There's a, not a lot of new creativeness as far as stories go. They're taking a lot of the same stories that have already been created and just building on top of them instead of creating new things. So that's yeah. what I would like to see. I'd like to see that change and kind of move forward that way.
1: Yeah, and that's, I think that's a move that entertainment in general is afraid to make because mm-hmm. safety, security, those things are selling right now. You know, like the six, three make of that old i, the franchise that we know and love is still making enough money to make it worth it. So they're just going to keep
0: cranking those out. Yeah, it, it's it's become a I, I, I can't s- I'm not going to spoil anything about The Rise of Skywalker for anybody, but decisions were made in that movie, I believe, for merchandising reasons and not for story reasons. You mean like
1: the Ewoks? Go figure.
0: Yeah, the Ewoks. Um, And or Cars Land... Radiator Springs ride is amazing and that is awesome. I love Cars Land. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's really difficult to talk about this because a lot of the stuff that they do, it's not like I don't like it. I just want to see something different. I'm tired of my, my. and what I was talking about earlier, Maelstrom. It all started with Maelstrom. Maelstrom is a wonderful celebration of Norwegian lore and like folklore and these creatures that are really, really cool and interesting and they have trolls. I really liked it a lot. Um, you're right. Didn't produce a lot of foot traffic. But what they did in kind of the prime example of what I'm talking about and the stuff that like really bums me out, they took away Maelstrom and they put in a ride that was based around Frozen. And Frozen is not is a magical fictional world that is based around the Scandinavian culture and the, but not necessarily Norway. Specifically, from what I understand, they've they've now retcon that, which I think is really funny. Um, and I'm going to t- we have about a few minutes left. I'm going to get into that in just a second. But they replaced something that I thought was really fantastical and whimsical, and which is some, and then put it put in Frozen. I have not been on the Frozen ride, so it can be amazing and probably is really fun. And I'm probably really going to enjoy it because I love that movie. But that's the kind of thing where you're celebrating Norway and you're going to celebrate Norway by adding in something that you created a fiction that's not even I don't know it just kind of seems like you're capitalizing on something instead of being risky and it's safe you know the ride's still really cool but it's safe and, and I want an alien encounter you know make some you know do something different like that um my one last soapboxy thing, and then... Um, I think we're going to end it after that. My last thing is, which... When I'm talking about, like, retconning things. So I don't know if anybody has seen the Olaf short um, that happens um, a little bit after Frozen came out. They're tr- Olaf is trying to find a family tradition that um, Anna and Elsa have, and he can't find it, so he goes out into their city, into Arendelle, and he knocks on all these different doors and asks them what their tradition is and he sings a little song about it. It's really cute. It's really funny. It's great. It's worth it just to watch that little video of him singing. There's a lot of really funny parts in there. There is a house that their tradition is baking a gigantic cookie and eating it. That cookie is in the shape of Norway. And I'm just like, I see what you did there. You put a ride in Norway and then made a little short to connect those two together. hmm and that kind of stuff is just, like, so blatantly obvious. and like, ooh, mm, I just, it just rubs me the wrong way. Uh, and that's just kind of what I want to get away from. I just want risks to be taken. Like, you know, say what you will about the Eisner era. He took risks, and he tried to build something that would be different and interesting and really, like, fascinating. And so... That's my. Uh, that's where I want theme parks to go in the future. I think, um, and I think Universal is doing a really good job of it. And Disney's kind of falling behind, you know. Well, um, they're
1: falling behind of what their regular pace was. So Universal is catching up, but I think Universal is still a very long way from actually being on
0: par oh, with Disney. Absolutely. I just I think that the new attractions that Universal is bringing in, even though they are. <sighs> They're doing it a little different too, because all the new attractions Universal's bringing into are also based around IPs, Mm -hmm. but those rides are not just standard dark rides or standard roller coasters. You're getting that Transformers ride that is like awesome. I love that kind of ride system. Green Gots yeah. is a 3D weird like roller coaster type thing that spins you around but doesn't. You have the Forbidden Journey, which is this arm ride that's re- like I used to be my favorite ride in Orlando before a, a Flight of Passage came by. Um, so they're taking risks in their rides, even though they are using screens more often. Anyways, um, email us at podcast at infinitepulp.com with any sort of feedback topics you want us to talk about corrections please send us corrections Um, we get stuff wrong all the time and we would like to be corrected on it so feel free to send us any correction you have we will actually read it out loud on the podcast and give a shout out to who corrected us as well Um, unless it's dumb and stupid and we're not going to read it at all don't be petty (laughs) Um, but uh, yeah this has been great how you feeling, Max? You want to do this again?
1: Heck Maybe yeah, I want to do this again.
0: All right, let's do it again. Okay. Um, this has been Infinite Pulp. My name is Aaron. You can find me anywhere you would like to at Damped Mango, D-A-M-P, 3D Mango. And I'm going to let Max do his sign-off.
1: And my name is Max. You can find me on an adventure somewhere. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, because it's out there. You guys it have is. a good rest of your night. We'll see you in two weeks. Good night, everybody. Good night. How to say jewelry? Jewelry. See? I, I, we're not doing this again.